Happy Wednesday! Welcome to another episode of Homemade Ops. Did you know that money coordinates with happiness? Well, it does, and we're going to talk about why. And we're going to talk about what you can practically do to be more satisfied with your money so you can shift into a spend less on useless crap mindset. All right, everyone. So welcome to our new episode for the week. Uh, we're going to be talking about some really cool stuff as Kimberly was outlining in the pr- uh, in the introduction there. But let's go ahead and quickly review what we discussed last time because our conversation today is going to build upon Monday's episode. So last time we talked a little bit about living below your means. We want to make sure you can focus on that where one of the biggest tricks that millionaires apply is actually living below their means and not at their means. And that way they can save more money, accumulate more wealth, and then invest that money so that way they can enjoy their wealth further down the line. That is the goal. And then if you are able to practice that, you'll be able to be in control of your money rather than your your money controlling you. And also, there's no shame in the dollar store. We need to eliminate these stigmas where it's... uh, where if you go shopping at Target or someone else while you're trying to make ends meet, that it's not so much a bad thing. It's not bad to buy the secondhand item at the secondhand store. We do it all the time. It's healthy, it's good, and if it's if the quality is great, then go ahead and do it. So today, we're gonna to start discussing a few more items around those lines. So a lot of what we're gonna be discussing today is basically how do we get into that mindset? Because that's the tricky part. How do we get into that mindset of being able to let some of these things go, let some of these habits know? In order to do that, we do need to know some items first. Yeah, it all sounds so easy. Oh, yeah, just save more of your money, change your mindset. (laughs) But it's kind of hard sometimes to get into that, especially with all, you know, the comparisons there are in the world. So I read a really good article this week about how happiness correlates with money. It's from CNBC, and the article's titled, From the Perfect Salary to Keeping Up with the Joneses, Here's How Money Really Affects Your Happiness, by Corey Stieg. So there was a 2018 Purdue University study where it's about happiness by the numbers, right? So they say that the ideal salary that they found um, for emotional well-being is between 60 and 75K. Which seems a little bit surprising. You think it'd be like two million dollars. Oh yeah, yeah <laughs> you know? absolutely. But um, they say that you know your basic needs are met, and beyond that, there's not a lot of increased happiness. And this is a study with surveys and all kinds of good data. And the most shocking point to me was that if you are making above 105k, your happiness levels actually decreased. So it's like a curve, right? They went up until they hit about 75k, between 75 and 95k then they don't really get much higher, and then they actually go down. I think most people that hear these statistics just are just thinking, why? Why in the world? If you're making more money, you should have more resources, which means you should be more comfortable. And so it's it's kind of... It's kind of tricky, but it's let's continue because this is actually pretty cool. Yeah, and it's easy to think every month, oh, if I just had another thousand bucks, I'd be a lot better. You know, so yeah, let's maybe talk a little bit about why. Okay, so the point that we want to make today, the main crux of what we want to discuss here in order to understand how to budget and how to view money properly, well, we need to kind of move away from our traditional mindset that, oh, more money is going to make me more happy. Our goal for this episode is to annihilate your thoughts and perceptions about money, your traditional thoughts about it. 
Because those traditional thoughts, for the most part, if you think, oh, more money is going to make me happy, well, based on these studies, if we all fall in the majority, it's not going to work. You're not going to be happy with more money. So rather than focusing on money itself, which we should, that's definitely a part of life, we need to just shift our goals just a little bit, change our perceptions a little bit. And then at that point, we can then use or utilize money as a tool to get what we want rather than making it the actual thing that we want. So that is the, that is the actual goal and perception there. And when you do that, you'll start making a lot more wiser decisions and a lot more wiser, uh, a lot more wiser uh, investment opportunities. So that way you don't get stressed and overwhelmed and rather things become more of a, a process, a procedure rather than just an eventual overstressed situation every week when you're living paycheck to paycheck, which can be extremely tough. So one of the ways that I think you can help change your perception about money and how it relates to your happiness is to realize that a lot of discomfort about your money and dissatisfaction comes from comparison. You know, we live in a world that is very showy where we're all very connected and we know what other people are doing all the time. And the temptation to compare yourself is always there. It's always present. And I think it gets worse and worse every year the more connected our world becomes. So we want to talk a little bit about um, how that comparison can really eat you up, especially financially. So a lot of times you'll feel really beautiful until you see a much skinnier girl on social media or you see a model and you think, oh, I thought I was pretty healthy. I thought, you know, I looked okay today until you see somebody else. Or maybe you feel pretty good about your job until you learn what a family member or a coworker is making at their job or how you know, your friend got a promotion, you feel a little less secure. Where before, you were feeling fine. Nothing about your situation changed. It's just the idea that you saw somebody else's. So I think one thing that's helped me is I remember that there will always be someone richer, prettier, skinnier, or further along in their life than me. And that's why even millionaires and some of the richest people in the world are competitive with each other. Or feel dissatisfied. You know, I thought, you know, if I have $10 million, I'm good. I'm fine. But there's people with more than that who are not satisfied with where they're at. And that's because it's relative to them. They see somebody who has more. And so it makes them feel like they're not enough. So how do you combat comparison, right? It's there. We've all experienced that, you know, many people on a daily basis. So I've been thinking about this a lot lately. And that it's a really hard thing to combat. And one thing that I've thought about that's kind of a foundational principle, I think, to begin combating it is to realize that it will never end. You think, you know, oh, so-and-so makes more money than me. As long as I'm making more money than them or as long as I get X promotion, I'll feel totally comfortable in my career. I'll be totally good. I'll be ready to go. Or once I hit this certain weight, I'll feel totally comfortable with myself. I'll never feel bad about myself again. Right. Until you see the next person. Yeah, until there's or somebody the next who's dollar. Yeah. better. It mm-hmm. does not end. And I kind of a funny example that I feel relates is at my work, um, we got new laptops. And they were nice new laptops. My old laptop was honestly a piece of junk. It wasn't working well. Um, and I had this brand new fancy new laptop sat on my desk for months. 
And you think, that's shocking. I've got this brand new laptop. I should have used it, right? But it's because it took a bit of effort because I'd have to get all my files transferred over, all my programs. It'd take a couple hours. It's kind of a pain. And every day I'd come into work. I'd see the laptop on my desk and I'm like, oh yeah, someday I'll get that moved over, you know, when the time's right, when the opportunity's good. And guess what? That opportunity never comes. I realized one day I was looking at it and I realized, you know, the situation is never going to be perfect for me to transfer my laptop. Why not do it today? I need to do it today because nothing's going to change. I'm not going to come in tomorrow and it's going to be switch my laptop day. And so I think realizing that with comparison, the situation is never going to change. You're never going to be the richest, skinniest, most beautiful with the perfect life person in the world. Nobody is, right? We're all ways to compare. It will never change. So for me, that kind of helps me, you know, if I find myself comparing to another person, I realize, oh, you know what? It's never going to change. I can't think, okay, well, once I'm a little better than them, then I'll feel good. And that kind of combat helps me combat that. Because there's always going to be somebody who will get up at 6 a.m. and run a crazy amount of miles and make you feel like you're not doing enough. So I think that's an important first step to overcoming comparison is choosing today to understand that the problem is with your attitude, not with your situation. So the problem here isn't necessarily having a goal and trying to achieve it. So I guess, the, so we want to be careful because we don't want to, uh, we don't want to point, uh, paint the image that, oh, guess what? It is bad to want to have a lot more money. We should just stay within that range of seventy-five to $105,000 or whatever it is. No, not at all. That is not the case. The point that we're trying to make is the happiness point, which is, hey, we need to shift how we think about money and how we think about these things. Because just like Kimberly said, those comparisons are horrendous. They will alter your perception of reality. For example, so we talked a little bit about the physical side, and this actually relates to money in a second. So there was a, a pretty famous, uh, famous marketing study that was actually done where these marketers showed a bunch of individuals three images. And it was, one image was a girl who was this really skinny model, the ideal magazine model type person. And then uh, the ones who are on all the fancy magazines, Vogue, uh, or I don't know what all of them are. <laughs> it shows I don't know anything like that. But Cosmopolitan, well, I don't know, whatever. Anyway, and then you had the second lady who was more of a normal lady, you know, a little bit stronger, a little bit thicker, but not like thicker in a bad way, just a little bit more normal that you'd see a typical lady. And then you had one that was a little bit more obese. Well, here's the funny thing about the study. Over, so they showed the study to a bunch of guys and a bunch of girls. Guess who the girls said that they would probably want to be like? The skinny model. And they wanted to be this like this tiny skinny model. But then when they showed this uh, paper or this uh, these three images to these guys, guess what happened? So the girls want to be pretty, but guess who the guys said were actually the most pretty? The other two girls. The 70% chose the middle girl and the third girl and not the model. So the perception of reality is so different. And that's the problem with comparison. Because a comparison if people look at it and say, okay, what uh, what girl am I most attracted to? Over 70 guys said the other girls while girls are targeting the wrong thing. And we do the same thing with money. 
With money, what we do is we say, oh, you know what? Let's compare to the Joneses, kind of like what we talked about on Monday. Let's compare to all this other stuff. And once I get there, I'll be happy. But guess what? Once you get there, there's going to be somebody else that's more. And because that's what you made your focus, that's all that your drive becomes. Trying to become what they are rather than developing your own persona, your own systems, your own home processes. You lose yourself. You don't, uh, you don't build up your own process, your own family unit, let's say. So when it comes to money, we got to get out of this comparison mindset. Otherwise, you're not going to be happy. So here's the other important point. Is it bad to want to get fit? Is it bad to want to get skinny if you suffered with obesity in your life? Is it bad to want to have a lot of money? No. I want to have those things. I want to be stronger. I want to get more fit. I want to have more money. That's the goal. We all want that. But the problem is our perception of it. We need to stop making money as the actual item that's going to make us happy in comparison and saying, I will be happy once I reach a certain point. We need to augment that the actual reality. We need to change that reality. And rather, instead of making money the focus, how about making competency the focus? How about trying to make or build your family unit, working hard, investing in yourself the focus, and accepting you for who you are? There's nothing wrong with who you are, and there's nothing wrong with trying to make yourself better. But when you compare yourself to other people, now you're trying to switch who you are and trying to be like them, and sometimes that's not always bad. Sometimes it's not always bad because you can get motivated that way. You can see other people and how they're living their lives and say, you know what? I really like what they're doing. Maybe I want to apply that to my own life. So it's one of the most tricky balances because you should have that balance. The balance is how do I look to others and figure and be motivated by them and try to strive to be like them, but not get in the sense where I'm comparing myself to them. And this is where having a spouse is probably one of the one of the most useful things that we have in society. Now, you can have a drive to do better, but having that person next to you that knows you really well, that can keep you in check and say, hey, you're now starting to compare yourself a little bit, can wake you up a little bit. It's a wake-up call. So now I can kind of pull back and say, okay, I'm starting to compare myself a little bit. How do I bring this back to the point where I can work on myself a little bit more and not hurt myself by trying to be someone I'm not? And I think about the most rewarding experiences I've had in my life. And they're the ones where they were personally satisfying. It's not the ones where I made a little bit more money and so I became a bit more comfortable. It's the ones where I had a job that really challenged me. Or I was given an opportunity that helped me grow. So I think the point here that you're trying to make, Todd, is that you got to look for things that are personally satisfying. Having these, like you talked about with the spouse, having a relationship and having somebody who keeps you in check and having experiences in your life that make you a better person and a drive to want to be healthier, to be a better version of yourself, you know, to improve, to make more money, to build a business, to build your career and to grow. That's personally satisfying. But if the drive is to just make more money so you have a nicer house than your buddy that you went to high school with... That's a very shallow drive, and it's a drive that will always be dissatisfied because there will always be somebody that you can compare to. And you'll never be satisfied with what you have. Never. It's because you'll, once they, someone else gets something a little bit more, it, your drive, your whole mission, your whole purpose was to get better than my friend next door. 
So once you once you achieve that, guess what's going to happen? You're going to see the next neighbor who has even a bigger house, and now you're not satisfied with what you have anymore. It's all relative. That's why I can't stand I can't stand Parade of Homes because that's <laughs> that is exactly what it does. Now, for those who are unfamiliar with Parade of Homes, it's literally a parade of some of the nicest homes and all these kind of things where people will go and see what these homes all have. That is just a recipe for jealousy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that can put you in this spiral of jealousy and uh, comparison where all of a sudden you're looking at your own life and you go home and feel miserable about what you have. And that's and that's a problem because you're looking at their end result. You're not looking at how they built up to that point anyway. Maybe they are successful business people and now you don't appreciate how they got there. You appreciate what they have now. And that's the problem because if you don't appreciate what you have now and you want to have what they have, well, then you're not going to focus on your next step. You're going to focus on, hmm, how do I get that loan so I can have that same house? And now you're in debt forever. Instead of building your wealth, and then when you build your wealth, now money is a tool for you to get to the point where you want to be eventually. You can get that big house, but first practice budgeting. First practice the things we have been discussing and stop falling for these silly marketing things where people are trying to augment your reality. Make your own reality. I mean, look at an Instagram post. Like, I, like, Instagram models, <laughs> any kind of Instagram model. Like The ones that are always sitting on their nice fancy car. Look at my uh, Lamborghini. and ha- It's like, follow these 10 simple steps and I can show you how to get a Lamborghini too. It's marketing. It's all marketing. They're just trying to get you to be uncomfortable with who you are right now. Don't be Don't be that person. Don't be tricked by their manipulation or that Instagram model that's purposely shoving out her butt and like whatever. It's like, you can have a butt like mine (laughs) if you get this plastic (laughs) surgery. You're focusing on what somebody else has. You're not focusing on what you deeply want in your life. And guys are focusing on the wrong spot too. (laughs) (laughs) They're they're focused. Never mind. Okay. We're not going there. (laughs) And, And I think it's the idea of any time in your life you only have so many things you focus on in your life. What's at your core? What drives you to wake up every morning? Anytime that's focused on something that you cannot control, that's outside of your circle of control, you'll always be dissatisfied because it's moving. If you're focused on comparing to somebody else, that's always changing. So you're always up and down emotionally. One day you have a day where you feel really good about yourself because you got a raise over your best friend and it's pretty awesome. Then the next day you feel like crap. It's a moving target. But if you're focused on your internal desire, your relationships, your family, what you want to actually accomplish in your life and having success by becoming a better person, that doesn't change. That's not relative. That's something you can control and it doesn't matter what other people do. And it focuses on the fact that you are a unique individual. Everybody has unique experiences, unique challenges, unique talents, and a different life's mission. And so when you're thinking about what other people have, you don't know what their strengths are. You don't know what their weaknesses are. You don't know what they've been through. You don't know what their life is. And they don't know that about you either. So I like to think about everyone's like an art piece. You don't go to a museum and say, you know, you may prefer one art piece or another, but all these famous art pieces, you don't say, oh, one is better than the other. They're different. They're beautiful in their own way. And each person's life is different and has a different purpose in their own way. So when you compare them, it says, they say, comparing apples to oranges, it, it's pointless. So how do you do this? Tip number one, okay? 
have uh, when you follow mentors or if you have somebody that you admire or they've done something that you appreciate or have a home that you like, that is not bad. I want to be very clear. It's not bad to want these things. Okay. However, this is where you got to strike the balance. Don't uh, don't appreciate what they have. Appreciate how they got there. Okay. So if you follow these books or follow these mentors, whatever, look at their processes and apply those to your life. That way you won't be jealous of what they currently have, but you can learn how they got those things. As soon as it starts bleeding over into comparison, stop following them. It's going to, it's going to pull you away. It's going to bleed you out. You're going to only focus on what they have rather than the process. Life is a process. That's going to have you fo- That's going to be one of the steps to get you there. Okay. So focus on how people got their achievements, not what they have achieved necessarily. What they achieve can be useful, but the process is more important. Tip number two, just don't follow Instagram models. <laughs> it's such a waste of time. But tip number two, don't fall for marketing schemes. Marketing schemes are going to, and I'm like marketing can be a very good tool. Marketing can be a very valuable and useful tool to get information out to people. I am not a marketing basher. I love marketing. It's important. You have to have it in life. But don't fall for it when you're being manipulated. Recognize their tools of manipulation. If they're trying to manipulate to do trying to manipulate your life to make you feel uncomfortable with how you are now, you should have red flags appear. And that will help you at least kind of control that drive of, oh, let me buy that now fancy expensive car. Let me buy that fancy expensive wedding ring or whatever it may be. That home that is so huge. Remember, focus on where you're at. Focus on the process. And then if you apply these budgeting principles that we're discussing, over time, you'll be able to get to the point where you can afford those things comfortably without being trapped in a loan. And then you're buying things that you actually want. You're not buying, you know, a certain car because your neighbor has it. You're not buying things that make you look rich or things that don't really matter to you. You know, if you don't really care about having a big house or you'd rather spend that money on traveling or, you know, everyone has different things they'd like to spend their money on. Don't spend your money on things that that are somebody else's dream just because you want to appear as if you're successful. It's just a waste. Okay, and tip number three. It is not bad to ask for help from time to time. Now remember, the focus on getting something is not bad. If you want more money, that's not a bad goal. If you want uh, if you want a nice home, that is not a bad goal. The problem is if you try to get to that point irresponsibly. If you don't have that money yet, if you're not making that money yet and you start living outside your means, now you're living irresponsibly. Having a partner having a relationship with someone, or even heck, if you don't have any of those things, it's not a problem. If you have a parent, a friend, a sibling, talk with them and see if you can kind of ask them. You'd have to be very intimate with them, of course, on like a very personal level, like intimate in a friendship kind of way, right? It's someone that you're close with that knows you really well. Have them help you and kind of guide you and point out some of the flaws. At that point, if you start to go into a part of you that is a little bit more obsessive, like, oh, I need to have this whatever, or I need to have that now, they can say, hey, you might be you might be heading to the point where you make an irresponsible decision, all right? So for example, if you want to run and if you want to get really fit, that is very good. It is very good to be healthy and want to get strong. But when you start running 20 miles a day to get to that goal, you're going to kill your body. That's irresponsible. If you are making $75,000 and you buy a home worth a million dollars, 
That is irresponsible. <laughs> you need people to help keep you in check so you can get to your goals. And you can, and we'll talk about later episodes, how to start accumulating more money, how to invest and that kind of stuff. But right now you got to be smart with your money and having that buffer, having that person with you that can help manage your money with you. A spouse is perfect. Uh, a family member is perfect or anyone that you trust very closely with this intimate information. Then that will also give you that extra leg up. So in summary, just remember that you are not the sum total of your possessions. Once your basic needs are met, stuff does not fill that hole in your life. You know, I think back to when maybe, you know, we made less money or we're in school or are more difficult circumstances. And I wasn't infinitely more sad or more happy. You know, you're, you know, you don't have this massive increase of happiness with the stuff that you accumulate because that's not who you are. You are a person based on your experiences, your accomplishments, the thing, you know, the person you've become, not the amount of stuff that you have, not the amount of money you have. So I think the goal for today that we're trying to get at is to separate your happiness from your money and to not compare yourself to other people. It's great to want to make yourself better, to make your life better, to accomplish more and to accumulate more, but that is not who you are. And once you separate those two, you can start making better decisions with your money because you're not trying to keep up with this marketing scheme of I need this or I need that or comparing yourself to other people. It allows you to be free to do responsible things with your money and to really find satisfaction with your life. So thanks for joining us today on the episode. Let us know what you think. Leave a comment on the podcast or reach out to us on our Instagram at Homemade Ops um, or we're on Facebook and Twitter as well. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks so much and have a great day. Bye.